Picture this. Danny, a 62-year-old person, sends you an electronic message in their outpatient portal asking for advice. My partner bought an elliptical machine for my birthday, and I use it every other day. For the past few months when I'm on the machine, I get a pain deep in my chest and then my arm hurts. It goes away when I rest for a bit, but I'm starting to worry. Danny takes a Torvastatin for high cholesterol and smokes 10 cigarettes per day. I know, I know, they write. You told me to cut out cigarettes. I tried. What lifestyle habits put Danny at risk for developing coronary artery disease? How would you evaluate their complaints? Welcome to Audiobricks. I'm Laurel Toft, bringing cardiology from our bricks to your ears. After completing this audiobrick, you will be able to 1. Define ischemic heart disease and its risk factors. 2. Describe the etiology and pathology of ischemic heart disease. 3. Compare the different categories of ischemic heart disease. And 4. Generate a brief differential diagnosis of chest pain and indicate how ischemic heart disease presents differently than other causes of chest pain. Part 1. What is ischemic heart disease? Ischemic heart disease is a broad term that includes a variety of clinical syndromes, all caused by atherosclerosis, or narrowing of the coronary arteries. The narrowing limits blood flow to the heart and, when combined with oxygen demand, causes tissue ischemia because of deprivation of oxygen. The cardiac tissues can recover from mild or transient ischemia. However, severe or prolonged ischemia causes tissue death, otherwise known as myocardial infarction, which is essentially irreversible. Each condition within this spectrum has its own pattern of symptoms and clinical findings, which we will introduce to you today. But let's start with a review question. What causes most ischemic heart disease? Coronary artery atherosclerosis causes most ischemic heart disease. Part two, what are the risk factors for ischemic heart disease? Ischemic heart disease is the number one cause of death in the U.S. and in some countries worldwide. So you can imagine that the risk factors are also pretty common. Some risk factors are modifiable with lifestyle or medical therapy, such as smoking, that is a big one, hypertension, diabetes, hyperlipidemia. Other risk factors cannot be modified, such as older age, male sex, and family history. Healthcare providers have the important job of counseling patients on improving their modifiable risk factors and working closely with patients for aggressive management of hypertension, cholesterol, and diabetes. Part 3. What is the pathophysiology of ischemic heart disease? At the root of ischemic heart disease is atherosclerosis. As we said, atherosclerosis is narrowing of the arteries due to the buildup of fatty deposits called plaques in the arterial wall. These fatty deposits are composed of lipids, cholesterol, calcium, fibrin, and cellular waste products circulating in the blood. These deposit in the artery, causing an inflammatory reaction. Over time, plaque hardens and can protrude toward the inside of the vessel. As the plaque builds up, the diameter of the blood vessel decreases, limiting blood flow. The extent of the atheromatous plaque buildup and whether or not the plaque ruptures and leads to luminal obstruction by a thrombus or clot will largely determine the symptoms that the patient will experience. Atherosclerosis that occurs in the coronary arteries is also called coronary artery disease, or CAD. Cardiac ischemia is almost always due to atherosclerosis of the coronaries, although ischemia only occurs at higher degrees of atherosclerosis or narrowing. 
A rarer cause of cardiac ischemia not due to atherosclerosis is vasospastic angina. More on that in the angina brick. Let's pause to see if you got that. How does atherosclerosis cause ischemia? Atherosclerosis leads to development of slowly growing plaques that over the course of years will lead to protrusion inside the arterial lumen, a decrease in the diameter of blood vessels, and this limits blood flow and leads to ischemia. Part 4. How does ischemic heart disease present? Impaired blood flow through a coronary artery deprives the myocytes of oxygen, leading to tissue ischemia or, if severe or prolonged, necrosis and cell death. The clinical syndromes of ischemic heart disease include stable angina, acute coronary syndrome, which refers to both unstable angina and myocardial infarction, and finally, ischemic heart failure. Let's discuss them one by one. First up, angina. Angina is a cluster of symptoms usually resulting from ischemia but not infarction of myocytes. The chest discomfort of angina is often described as a feeling of squeezing, tightness, pressure, or pain in the chest. Note that angina is not a disease itself, but rather a symptom of CAD. The most common types of angina are termed stable and unstable. They have different pathologic bases. Stable angina is pain that occurs predictably with a given level of exercise or stress. This pain or discomfort typically goes away with rest. The key word here is stable, since the same degree of exertion brings on the discomfort each time and it has the same character each time. Stable angina is often the first sign of CAD and is due to narrowed coronary arteries that get enough blood to the myocardium at rest but cannot augment the flow to meet demands during exercise. In contrast, unstable angina is chest discomfort that is either new in onset, occurs at rest or unexpectedly, or has a more marked character than previous chest discomfort. It typically occurs quite suddenly and may not be relieved by rest. Unstable angina is due to narrowed coronary arteries, but in contrast to stable angina, here we have plaque rupture and thrombus formation. Unstable angina is considered one of the acute coronary syndromes that requires urgent medical treatments. In recent years, the term unstable angina has started fading from use as it appears that many or most of these patients actually have small myocardial infarctions. We include the term here because you'll continue to hear it used in some clinical settings, but I'll tell you that this is a tricky and somewhat fading diagnosis. In both stable and unstable angina, the heart muscle is still getting some oxygen, so the myocytes are not dying. And because the myocytes do not die, they do not release cardiac enzymes of troponin or creatinine kinase myocardial, CKMB. This means that blood tests can't help you make this diagnosis. Both types of angina may show ECG findings that can help distinguish them from MI or other causes of chest pain like pericarditis or pulmonary embolus. Quick quiz time. What are characteristics of the chest discomfort that occurs with stable angina? Pain associated with stable angina occurs reliably with the same exercise or stress and it typically goes away with rest. Next, let's talk about the big one, myocardial infarction. When myocytes die due to a lack of oxygen, we call it a myocardial infarction, also known as a heart attack. But you'll never hear me again use that term. Henceforth, it shall simply be known as MI. An MI occurs when an atherosclerotic plaque ruptures in a coronary vessel, exposing inflammatory and adhesion factors into the bloodstream. Then a blood clot, a thrombus, forms, obstructing blood flow and even completely blocking oxygen delivery to an area of the myocardium. 
Thrombus formation is the most common reason for an MI, but it isn't the only way that oxygen delivery to the heart can be decreased. For example, severe hypotension caused by low systemic blood pressure can also lead to myocardial infarction. Just like unstable angina, MI often presents as chest discomfort at rest. There are often associated symptoms like shortness of breath, sweating, nausea or vomiting, radiation of the discomfort to the left arm or jaw, and the discomfort might be alleviated by nitroglycerin, a vasodilator. There are, once again, two types of MI, distinguished by ECG and pathophysiology. Non-ST segment elevation myocardial infarction, called NSTEMI, and ST segment elevation myocardial infarction, called STEMI. Just like it sounds, a STEMI manifests with elevated ST segments in a particular territory on ECG, whereas NSTEMI is marked by the absence of ST elevation, but can still demonstrate changes like ST depression or T-wave inversion. Both types of MI lead to myocyte death and necrosis. So what is the difference besides those ECG findings? Well, a STEMI tends to be full thickness loss of myocardium due to total occlusion of the coronary artery. In contrast, an N-STEMI is a less than full thickness injury, less severe, and is usually due to a less than 100% occlusion of the coronary artery, but still enough occlusion to limit oxygen delivery and cause myocyte death. All MIs must be promptly treated to restore perfusion to the injured area in the hope of salvaging as much of the damaged myocardium as possible. A STEMI is treated more aggressively than N-STEMI, often with emergent coronary artery angioplasty or dissolution of the obstructing clot with clot-dissolving thrombolytic agents. Time is myocardium, we say, so these therapies must be initiated rapidly, ideally within 90 to 120 minutes of arrival to the emergency department. The N-STEMI will also frequently receive angioplasty treatment, but this does not need to be done as urgently given the lesser degree of coronary artery occlusion. Instead, medicines are first started, including anticoagulants and antiplatelet agents. Let's see if you got that. Why is STEMI generally more severe than N-STEMI? STEMI tends to be due to 100% occlusion of the blood vessel leading to full thickness loss of myocardium, whereas N-STEMI has less than 100% occlusion and leads to less than full thickness necrosis. Now, you already heard us mention the term acute coronary syndrome, or ACS. This is an umbrella term that refers to chest discomfort caused by plaque rupture, an acute change. ACS includes three syndromes, unstable angina, N-STEMI, and STEMI. It's now believed that most cases of unstable angina probably represent NSEMI now that we have more sensitive cardiac enzyme tests to detect small infarctions. Now, you may also hear the term chronic coronary syndrome, and this is sometimes used to describe long-standing, more stable symptoms of stable angina. Question time. What are the differences between acute and chronic coronary syndromes? Acute coronary syndrome refers to causes of chest pain due to the acute change of plaque rupture, unstable angina, and STEMI, and STEMI. Chronic coronary syndrome refers to the symptoms of chronic stable angina. All right, last up under types of ischemic heart disease, we have ischemic heart failure. Chronic ischemic damage to the myocardium can ultimately lead to heart failure due to permanent loss of myocardial contractility. Ischemia is far and away the most common cause of systolic heart failure, meaning a decreased systolic pumping function of the left ventricle. Part 5. When is a patient's chest pain due to ischemia? 
The most common clinical manifestation of ischemic heart disease is chest discomfort, but chest pain is a challenging symptom for a physician to diagnose and manage, with many possible causes that range from harmless, such as muscle strain, to deadly, such as myocardial infarction or pulmonary embolism. It's important to mention that not all patients with severe ischemic heart disease or even MI have chest pain. In particular, women, older patients, and patients with diabetes may exhibit what we call anginal equivalence instead of chest discomfort. These might include dyspnea, nausea, sweating, or pain that's not substernal chest pain, maybe a burning or reflux type pain. Most of the early literature on ischemic heart disease was gathered in male patients, so many of our preconceptions of angina and myocardial infarction have been limited by this sex and age bias. So how do we know if a patient's chest discomfort is really due to ischemic heart disease? Fortunately, there are certain clinical clues that can help to guide us. Questions to ask include the following. What is the patient's risk profile? A 25-year-old woman with chest pain and no other medical problems has a much lower chance of having ischemic heart disease compared to a 65-year-old man who smokes. Where is the pain located? Chest pain from ischemia typically occurs on the left side, and patients say it feels like it's deep inside their chest, meaning retro or substernal. This pain may also radiate to the left arm, jaw, or neck. Did the pain begin suddenly or hasn't been going on for some time? Sudden chest pain can be more worrisome for ischemic heart disease. What is the quality of the pain? Sharp, stabbing pain is usually not due to ischemia. In contrast, the chest pain associated with ischemic heart disease is often described as squeezing, tightness, burning, pressure, or a more vague sense of discomfort. What makes the pain better or worse? Chest pain from ischemic heart disease is usually made worse by exercise and stress. In contrast, for acute pericarditis, the pain worsens when the patient takes deep breaths and gets better when they lean forward. Chest pain that only happens when the patient lies down may be caused by gastroesophageal reflux disease. Are there associated symptoms? If the patient also has a fever and can't breathe well, consider pneumonia. If the pain is highly positional when moving the arms, consider intercostal muscle injury. Okay, last quiz question. What are some clues that point to myocardial ischemia as the cause of a patient's chest pain? Ischemic chest pain is usually located in the substernum, is worse with exertion, and radiates down the arm sometimes. The pain typically is of sudden onset, is made worse by exercise, and is unaffected by inspiration or leaning forward. And that's it for Ischemic Heart Disease Foundations. Let's check your knowledge and see what we've learned today. What causes ischemic heart disease? And can you name three risk factors? Ischemic heart disease is due to obstructive coronary artery flow, limiting oxygen delivery to the myocardium. Risk factors include age, male sex, family history, hypertension, diabetes, hyperlipidemia, and smoking. What is the pathophysiology of atherosclerosis? Atherosclerosis is a process in which cholesterol, inflammatory cells, and debris are deposited inside the blood vessel wall to form an atherosclerotic plaque. Next, can you name five types of ischemic heart disease? Ischemic heart disease can present as stable angina, unstable angina, NSTEMI, STEMI, or ischemic heart failure. Next, how does stable angina present clinically? 
Staple angina involves chest pain with exertion and is typically due to atherosclerotic narrowing without complete occlusion of the coronary arteries. There are no elevations in cardiac enzyme levels on lab testing, but ECG may reveal nonspecific changes. What is the cause of a myocardial infarction? And what is the difference between the two types of MI? A myocardial infarction occurs when atherosclerotic plaque ruptures, a clot forms in the lumen of the artery, and consequently, the myocardium is deprived of oxygen, leading to myocyte death. MI is divided into STEMI and NSTEMI, depending on whether there are ST segment elevations on ECG. Both of these types of MI will show cardiac enzyme elevation. A STEMI is due to 100% occlusion of the coronary artery and leads to full thickness necrosis, whereas NSTEMI is due to less than 100% occlusion and leads to less than full thickness necrosis of the wall. And lastly, what are three features of chest discomfort that might point to ischemia as the cause? Chest discomfort from myocardial ischemia is typically substernal, worsens with exertion, relieved by rest, and is not positional in nature. And we're done. Armed with your newfound knowledge, let's think back to your patient from the beginning of the episode. Remember you're seeing Danny, who is 62 years old. They are experiencing chest discomfort while riding their elliptical. What is the diagnosis? What important lifestyle modifications can you recommend to help them? Danny has classic symptoms of stable angina due to narrowing of one or more coronary arteries. Their risk factors include hyperlipidemia and tobacco use. You order an ECG and stress test to cinch this diagnosis. Danny's ECG is normal, but their stress test shows ischemia in the inferior portion of the heart. You prescribe aspirin, a beta blocker, and increase the statin dosage. Most importantly, you provide tobacco cessation counseling and together come up with a plan for Danny to quit smoking. You ask them to call immediately if there is a change in symptoms and go to the emergency department for any chest discomfort that isn't relieved by rest. And that's our show. If you liked this episode, send us a comment or give us a thumbs up. Until next time.